You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. Hello everyone, welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third Robin, Tim Drake. We will be looking at the classic 90s 2000 Robin series and other notable comics with Tim in that era, while also simultaneously taking a look at Tim in the modern era as Red Robin in the pages of DC Comics, plus other Robin and Batman happenings in the world. So sit back, relax, and find out why everyone loves the Drake. For them, love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this special edition of Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. We are also partnered with Batman on Film through their podcast network, BatmanPodcastNetwork.com. So between both networks, the BatmanUniverse.net, our primary home, and Batman on Film, you can hear a whole host of shows about Batman and Robin. You can get a hold of us through all the social media outlets. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Everyone Loves the Drake. We're on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can search Instagram and YouTube. Just look up Robin Everyone Loves the Drake Podcast. You can email into the show at Robin ELTD Podcast at Yahoo.com. I am your host, Rob Myers. Welcome to episode 71. And more importantly, welcome to our radio drama from Detective Comics, A Lonely Place of Living. <sighs> it's finally here. The five-month journey is finally over. After I record this section, the radio drama is completely done and will be sent over to the BatmanUniverse.net. So if this is your first time to the podcast, welcome to the show. And if you're a longtime listener of the show, it is good to see you again, my friend, on this podcast. I want to get the housekeeping stuff out of the way. One of the big things that we were wanting to do for this is for you guys to use the hashtag ELTD theater on Twitter for your comments. That'll make it a little more concise for us to be able to search for all the comments that are pertaining to the radio drama. And I believe that the hashtag will also work on Facebook, but sometimes the hashtag doesn't quite work the way it's designed to on Twitter. So use the Twitter hashtag ELTD theater for your comments on the episodes. And then if you're kind of like me and you want to do something a little extra, or maybe you're like, I can't fit everything I have to say in this hashtag Twitter, you can record something and send us an audio clip and we will insert it into our discussion episode for the radio drama. So again, you can email that to us at Robin ELTD podcast at yahoo.com. Send your sound clip over and we will insert that into our discussion portion. This uh, Lonely Place of Living Radio Drama is going to go four episodes, episode 71, 2, 3, and 4, and there'll be a radio drama for each of those individual issues. Uh, those issues are 965, 966, 967, and 968, and there are a couple other issues that I borrowed from to kind of lengthen the uh, radio drama out just a little bit. But before we get into the radio drama, I would be remiss if I don't thank a few people. Uh, first and foremost, Dustin Fritchell, who is the senior editor at the BatmanUniverse.net. Uh, he didn't even blink when I said that, hey, I got this crazy idea to do a radio drama, and I want to do an issue a week, and it's going to be a four-week series. Are you okay with that? And he was like, yeah, sure. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, we've been slotted to have... Uh, every Wednesday if we want to, so we could have 52 episodes a, a year. So don't ask for that. <laughs> There's 52 Wednesdays, but we're always slotted to have at least two. And I said, I would like to use all four slots. And I believe there's a fifth Wednesday uh, in the month of May. 
So he said, yeah, sure. Great. So I was happy that he was allowing us to do that. And I think I'm using the word allow loosely. He, he was on board right from the word go. So thank you very much, Dustin. And the other thing that I, I would be remiss if I don't say, I want to say a huge, huge thank you to the entire voice cast. 29 separate voices will be heard throughout this radio drama um, to get everybody on board was as easy as just emailing them or contacting them through Facebook messenger. And each one of them said yes. And I couldn't be happier with their performances. I think some of them are missing their calling. Um, I've been calling them voice actors and I feel like they're voice actors so much. So when I'm reading comics now, especially Batman comics, I'm hearing their individual voices instead of hearing Kevin Conroy. I'm hearing Justin Kowalski as Batman. And I know he's probably laughing right now, but I feel that way about everybody in the cast. So I won't go through listing everybody right here. That's going to be done at the end in a really cool way. Um, and speaking of the end, after the radio drama is over, the podcast usually does a quick little synopsis of the issue that we're talking about. So the synopsis turned into a radio drama. But after the synopsis is over, then stick around for our discussion portion. And my two brothers, who I could not do this show without... Terrence O'Neill and Ryan Haas, they have been here almost since day one. Ryan joined us about midstream and Terrence was kind of waiting in the wings till he finally decided, okay, I, I want to do this full time. So those two guys, I love you brothers very much. Thank you for doing uh, this podcast with me. You'll hear our love and adoration for Tim Drake and this comic series. I've rambled on enough here. So at this point, I'm going to give the reins over to our narrator, Dustin Fritchell. He is going to take us to the radio drama. I really hope you enjoy this. And here we go. The BatmanUniverse.net and Robin Everyone Loves the Drake proudly presents an ELTD production of A Lonely Place of Living, the radio drama. The story you are about to hear takes place in the pages of Detective Comics number 965, through 968. The main story was written by James Tynion IV, with excerpts by Marv Wolfman and Jeff Johns. Drama script written and directed by Rob Myers. And now, our presentation of A Lonely Place of Living. Previously in Detective Comics number 940, Rise of the Batman. Batman. Red Robin hacked my father's drone army successfully, but he couldn't shut them down, so instead of the drones attacking the citizens in Gotham, he changed the program to attack one lone person instead. Himself. I'm still ten miles from his location. My father's released a second wave of drones at Red Robin's location. He barely fought off the first wave. He's not going to be able to handle this second wave alone. Batman, this is about to get much worse. I don't think you're going to reach him in time. At ground zero of the first drone attack, a battered, bloodied, and bruised Red Robin surprisingly rises from the ground. <sighs> uh, you call those drones? Tim, get down into the belfry now! Uh, I just need to catch... My breath. Are the people... Are they safe? They will be. Good. Uh, I hate to think I broke all these ribs for nothing. Uh, yeah, my leg. 
I think I caught a couple bullets. Oh, the shock is wearing off. Tim. What's that? Uh, I think I hear... Bruce. Batman is gliding from roof to rooftop, but he is not going to make it in time. Don't say it. Tell them I'm sorry. Tell them how much they all meant to me. Dick, Jason, Damien, Alfred. All of them. Thank you for everything, Bruce. Robin out. Tim! At the same moment, Spoiler is frantically trying to race across the streets to her boyfriend's rescue. When he calls her... Steph. Can you hear me? I'm almost there, Tim. I'm almost... Steph, listen. These last few months have been incredible. You've helped me discover exactly what I wanted to do with my life. The kind of man I would be. I wish I was going to be there for you. Tim, don't hang up. Stay with me. I love you, Steph. Goodbye. No! Tim takes out his communicator and manages to muster the last ounce of his strength to stand and face the massive drone army. (sighs) Okay. Okay. Okay, bat drones. Let's dance. Hail of gunfire from the drones ending with a massive explosion. Red Robin is gone. Target eliminated. Mission complete. Batman arrives moments too late. He drops to his knees, holding Red Robin's bowstaff. The only thing left of our hero. Batwoman arrives seconds later. Your father. Unconscious the next roof over. We could turn him over to Argus. I know they'll want someone to answer for his crimes. No. Take him to the Belfry. To the holding cells. Bruce? He'll answer for what he's done. He'll answer to me. Later that night in Stephanie Brown's apartment, she begins to cry when Batman enters the room. Spoiler. The others are outside taking care of the scene. You weren't answering your comms. I wanted to make sure you were safe. I... I'm fine. Tim saved hundreds of lives tonight. He put the world before himself, like he always did. Like the greatest heroes always do, he will be remembered for it. He chose this life, Stephanie. We all did. We know what the cost can be. You don't understand. Stephanie holds the acceptance letter from Ivy University. Batman sees that Tim was accepted to their school. Guilt comes over the dark night as he sees the new life that Tim left behind. (laughs) Stephanie begins to completely break down in Batman's arms. Not Tim. same moment somewhere else in the cosmos, Red Robin reappears. But where is he? Is he alive or dead? Tim calls out. Hello? 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 This isn't the colony. Where? Where? Where am I? Mr. Drake, what a pleasure to have you join us. I don't understand. The missiles were primed. I, I can remember them hitting. Am I... am I dead? To those that loved you, yes. You certainly are. Tell me where I am. You were reconnecting threads that could not be reconnected. You are so loved, so deeply intertwined. It became crucial we take you off the field. And that's where you are, Tim. Off the field. Stop playing games. You obviously know who I am. I was trained by the greatest detective in the world. You won't keep me in this cell forever. Let me go now, or you'll regret it. There's quite a bit of your mentor in you when you want there to be, isn't there? This isn't over. You're right, Mr. Drake. This isn't close to being over. My friends will come for me. Just you wait. My friends will come. will come. will come. The mysterious man walks back into the darkness, leaving our hero pounding on his cell wall.
Chapter 1. Not so many years ago, while standing outside of Haley's Circus, Dick Grayson is given an envelope by a young man. In the envelope is a picture of Batman, and it looks like Batman has seen better days. My God, how did you get these? Dick, you know as well as I do, he hasn't been acting right since Jason died. Okay, what's going on? Look, I know you're Nightwing. You used to be Robin, then Jason became Robin, and when he died... Bruce Wayne went to pieces. You know? Dick, don't you see? He needs Robin. He needs to remember what he used to be. Who are you? Dick takes Tim Drake to Wayne Manor, where he and Alfred have a little chat with young Timothy. Come on, Dick. That flip you did is Robin. It was a quadruple somersault. The circus ringmaster said there was only three people that could do that. I knew that somersault. I knew it like my own name. And it all made sense. Batman showed up at the circus and took you with him. About six months later, Robin made his first appearance. If you were Robin and you were Bruce Wayne's ward, I realized Bruce Wayne was Batman. I don't want to try and say the rest was easy because you guys really covered your tracks. But if you go in knowing Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson are Batman and Robin, well, you can find the clues to prove it. I think he needs you, Dick, but he doesn't need Nightwing. He needs you as Robin. Robin? You want me to go back to being Robin? I can't. Just as I can't go back to being 13 again. But you're right. Batman needs me. Maybe instead of arguing with him, I should try and help him. I guess it's time to show you something. Down here. Dick walks to the grandfather clock, turns the hands to the exact time Bruce's parents were killed, and walks down the flight of stairs. Timothy is amazed by what he sees. It's called the Batcave. Oh, it's incredible. Look at all these computers. Look at the trophies. Look how big it is. I I can't believe I'm actually here. Dick looks at Jason's Robin costume and then changes into his Nightwing costume. Robin? Those were the days. But Thomas Wolfe was right. You can't go home again. And you must go home. No, not Nightwing. You don't understand. Batman needs Robin. Doesn't anyone understand? Perhaps, young man. Perhaps Master Dick understands profoundly. Perhaps that is why he brought you here. Nightwing hops onto his motorcycle and races out of the cave to help Batman, leaving Tim behind. I, I was only thinking of the team, of what Batman and Robin meant. You can't let a legend die like that, Dick. You, you can't just let them die. At times, Master Dick can be as stubborn as a mentor, to share at least that trait in common. Consider your success. They shall be working together again. Yeah... But I still can't help but feeling that's not what Batman needs. Tim stares at the Robin costume and takes it upon himself to help. In a matter of moments, he's saving Nightwing and Batman. <coughs> Two-Face. <coughs> Where is he? I, I left him with Alfred. The, the police should be coming. <coughs> police? Who? Who are you? Uh, Robin. For now, just call me... Robin! Tim remembers the day Bruce told him he would train Tim to be his partner, and the glorious day he finally got to become Robin. I want to take this one day at a time, but if you're willing to try, we'll try. Thanks, Mr. Wayne. Uh, Bruce, I'll try and earn your trust. Present-day Tim Drake, also known as Red Robin, is surrounded by a series of rings that are keeping him in place as he's once again face-to-face with Mr. Oz. Timothy Jackson Drake, why did you go to them all those years ago? Because, Mr. Oz, 
Batman was out of control. He was losing fights he could have won in his sleep just a few months before, and he was hurting people. There's always been a darkness in Batman, something almost corrosive. And without Jason, without a Robin, that darkness was consuming him. Somebody needed to act. You were just a boy. You were living an ordinary life. I never thought about putting on the cape and tights. That was never my intention. I was going to give Nightwing the push he needed to be Robin again. And then I'd just go home and live my life. And why did you go to him first? Why, Dick Grayson? Because I was there the night Robin began. Because I saw two acrobats fall to their deaths. And I saw the boy who leapt from the rafters with impossible grace pulling off a move that no teenager had ever accomplished before. Desperate to see if they were okay. That's how I put it all together. In the end, that's how I found them. I thought... I thought I would impress him. The way that I pieced it all together, and God, I wanted to impress him. I'd only met him once, just as a boy. I was terrified of the circus. But he calmed me down, and he told me that he would be performing just for me. I just knew if I could convince him to put his Robin costume back on, it would set things right. I would be saving Batman, and more than that, I'd be saving Gotham, because ever since that night at the circus, I've known the truth. I've known that Gotham City needs a Batman. But he wouldn't listen, would he? No. He decided to help him as Nightwing. So why did the responsibility to act rest on you? Two-Face nearly killed them both. Somebody needed to help them. I knew what to do. The suit was just hanging in the cave. That's not what I'm asking, Timothy. I'm asking why the responsibility to save Batman and Robin fell to you, an ordinary teenage boy. Why did it have to be you? Because I was the one who saw what needed to happen when nobody else did. I saw the big picture. I knew who they were. How could I not act? How could I not become Robin? I could fix things nobody else would. Nobody else could. You would only save their lives. You were already a hero. You could have left it there. Sure, I guess I could have. But I realized something around then. A hero doesn't need to wear a mask. But it sure helps. If it helps so much, Timothy, why choose to leave it all behind? I helped Batman build a new kind of support system. A way to fight crime in Gotham City he never had before. Something that wouldn't need me there when it was done. Everyone thinks that Batman is this solitary hero. But it was barely a year after he became one that he found his first partner. His first Robin. And he's never truly been alone since. Batman needs people. And I've known that since I was just a kid. And I made it so he never runs short. Ah. Your friends. They're... They're still fighting. See? It works. It works without me having to do... Wait. What is that? Tim sees a view screen of Bruce keeping waking hours searching to find Tim, but every lead he has is to a dead end. Your mentor. He recently learned that you were alive, that you were trapped. But search as he might, he cannot find you. He hasn't slept in five nights, save for moments that he nods off in the chair. It consumes him. No. But you never answered my question. You have merely described the excuse that allowed you to make the choice to step away. Why did you decide to hang up your costume? Because I put it on for the first time when I was a kid. I'm smart enough to know there may be a better way to help the world. But what will happen if the Batman falls? What will happen when your system fails? When the worst of humanity asserts itself as it always does? Will you give up your life and take on your mentor's cowl? I'll never be Batman. I've known that from the beginning. I've never wanted that path. Because you fear it. You fear it so much you create intricate systems to manage it from afar. That fear is more of a prison than this place will ever be. That's enough. The system will hold. The fact that it's held so long... is meaningless. You will never allow yourself to leave that life behind you if you refuse to see its power over you. Trust me, boy. 
I'm done being interrogated. You never had to answer any of my questions, Timothy. You could have stood silent. No, you misunderstand. I was allowing myself to be interrogated, and now I'm done. It uses less brain power to tell the truth, and I've been multitasking. Multitasking? You know, it took me a long time to figure out why I was having so much trouble reprogramming these computers. Until I remembered that bit of Kryptonian coding theory I deciphered with Batman a few years back. So I've been revising this little holding protocol. Red Robin activates a button on his gauntlets and disables Mr. Oz's security system and leaps into the air, pouncing on the shocked man. I don't know who you really are. I don't know how you know our identities or how you got your hands on our technology. But trust me when I say that I'm the smartest and most dangerous teenager who could have backdoored your computer systems. I want to know everything. I want to know about this prison. I want to know why you brought me here. And I want out. You want to know the terrible little secret of it all, Timothy? Mr. Oz manages to knock Tim to the ground and reveal his true self. I was just as much a prisoner in this place as you were. That... that crest? No. Can't be. That's right. I am Jarrell, father of Kalan, known to you as Superman. You're an exceptional young man, Timothy, and I know more than most that being exceptional has a terrible cost. I know what it's like to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. I haven't cared much for what I've seen on your world, but I've seen myself in you, Timothy. You won't understand this yet, but I'm saving you. This need in your heart to save them is what turned his eye toward you. What are you talking about? For once in your life, make the selfish decision. Do not go back. I have walked this path to the end, and it's darker than you can imagine. Wait, who put me here? Who are you talking about? Why has he done this? All I can be certain of is this, that his eyes have turned elsewhere as he prepares to act. I must put my plot into motion before it's too late. I implore you, Timothy, do as I have done. Take the time you have to reflect on your life you so desperately seek to return to. It's clear you have no need for a cell any longer. The prison is not what you see around you. It is in your mind. Remember that. Farewell. Wait! Come back! Come back! I I, I don't understand! I, I don't understand! Jarrell vanishes, leaving Red Robin all alone. No! The computer. If I can just revive the signal from Gotham, I might be able to send to them. This might be my only chance. There has to be some way to broadcast. Damn it, Tim. Think. Deep breaths. Focus. Okay, there's a faint signal. Where the screens were receiving their data, if I funnel all of the power into my suit radio, I, I should be able to send out a last mayday and hope that somebody gets it. This is Red Robin sending a priority message for Batman. I repeat, this is Red Robin for Batman. Priority Alpha One. I've been locked away in a prison by a person claiming to be Superman's father. I don't know where I am, and I don't know how to get home. This is the first time I've had a chance to send something through, and this might be my last chance. He slides to the floor. He's alone again, until he hears a familiar voice. (sighs) He just left me here. Left me all alone. I don't want to be alone anymore, Bruce. Please, please find me. This is Batman responding. Batman? Do you have a lock on my location? Can you get here? I'm a prisoner here, too. I need you to use your computer. Open the containment cells in corridor 6A. Wait, that's where I was locked up. Hurry, there's not much time before Oz returns. Computer, hack the containment protocol. Deactivate all shields. Red Robin races down the hallway to his mentor's location. Finally, he can leave. Robin comes face to face with Batman. Batman! Batman, are you in here? I did what you said. Open the cell doors. Can you hear me? Yes, I'm right here. You're... 
You really are, Tim. Yeah! Bruce! I'm alive! I'm so relieved you're here. How did you get here? We need to get out of here fast. Uh, Bruce, what's wrong? Get down. Loud rumbling footsteps are headed their way. Batman pushes Red Robin out of the way and draws out his gun and fires. What the? I told you to just open the containment cells in this corridor, not the whole prison. Damn, you're so young. You need to be quiet now. You're using a gun? That's wrong. Batman would never... Right and wrong are subjective. You'll learn that when the time comes, Tim. This gun murdered Thomas and Martha Wayne. I've rebuilt it. I'm redeeming a tool of evil. You're not Bruce. You're smart enough to put it together yourself, Tim. Batman unmasks himself. Red Robin is shocked. It's him. Just an older version of himself. No! I'm Tim Drake. Of tomorrow. Batman? I never become... Now get behind me. It's coming. Not a request. We aren't the only prisoners in this place. Doomsday breaks through the wall, headed towards Red Robin and Batman. Rocketed as a baby from the doomed planet Krypton, young Kal-El was found by a kindly couple and raised as Clark Kent. He discovered that he possessed powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and thanks to the upbringing he received from the Kents, he vowed to use those powers to help all mankind. This, in a nutshell, is the origin of Superman, and while the specific details have changed over the years, the overall idea of the origin has remained the same. My name is Michael Bailey, and I host a podcast called It All Comes Back to Superman. It All Comes Back to Superman is the monthly reaffirmation of my Kryptonian faith, and since it is Superman's 80th birthday in 2018, I thought it would be fun to look at how Superman's origin has changed and evolved over the years in an eight-part series I'm calling... Superman, Superman, many many lives, many many origins. Many lives, many origins will go decade by decade and see how the Man of Steel's backstory was portrayed in the comics, on the radio, on television, and in the movies. How has Krypton changed over the decades? What about the Kents? I'll also be looking at the origins of some of my favorite members of Superman's rogues gallery, such as Lex Luthor, Brainiac, and Metallo. Superman. Superman. Many lives, many origins. An examination of the backstory of the Man of Steel to celebrate his 80th year. This eight-part series starts on April 30th, 2018. You can find It All Comes Back to Superman and the other shows in the Fortress of Bailitude podcasting network at www.fortressofbailitude.com. You're going to hear me say it a million times on this. Thank you to everybody that participated in the drama. Uh, episode 71 is underway. We're finally here. Uh, it took us a little bit to get to the lonely place of living, but Detective Comics Rebirth, now that the banner has gone from Rebirth, but this is issue uh, 965, and it came out in September, if I have uh, my notes correctly here. September 27th, I think, is what it's yet. Yeah, September 27th, 2017. So, Terrence, I kind of wanted to get your uh, first impressions of of a very familiar cover here and just maybe kind of your overall take on the idea that, hey, a Tinian's going to be writing a lonely place of living and, you know, what that kind of meant for us, the lonely place of dying fans. So just maybe kind of talk about the cover and kind of what your first initial thoughts of, wow, I wonder what the story is going to be like. Well, if any uh, issue deserved the rebirth title on it, it was this one, because this definitely was a rebirth of <laughs> a, something that we all missed in the New 52. And we need a name for this, because if you change stuff that happened, we call it a retcon. But if you retcon something 
to change the retcon of the original <laughs> thing to go back to what it was original. I don't know. We could call that a Drake or we could name it after you. We could call it a Myers or yeah, a Tinian. <laughs> or I, I think Jeff Johns has done that a few times in his run. He's great at incorporating like all aspects of characters and then forging a new like origin that that touches upon the character's whole history which he did with green lantern in rebirth and flash and rebirth but uh yeah so you know to take you back even further there was the whole death of tim drake and there was the whole like it was announced it wasn't even announced it was leaked at comic-con that a robin was gonna die and then there was tim drake and they kept teasing us and then they killed tim drake but within that issue they let us know right away that, hey, he's actually still alive. Uh, and then there was even that controversy of where there was the, the panel that came out where Batman said he knew Tim Drake was alive. And then they actually changed it before it came out mm-hmm. uh, to say it was something different that he was going to use magic. So when I heard the announcement of A Lonely Place of Living, I think I, I saw it on James Tinian's uh, Twitter is where I, I first saw it. Uh, it was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. That's, you know, is this just is he just aping the name from right. the past uh, for this you know story or will it actually be? be kind of I, I thought it might have been a sequel to a lonely place of dying it's really a retelling of a lonely place of dying just with a, a new name uh and it's it's kind of a um kind of a cool like twist on the, the original name so instead of calling this like drake's back or something like that you know <laughs> the return of red robin or you know it's kind of kind of much much cooler name and then when footage started leaking of the uh some of the artwork and especially the cover then it was like oh yeah he's going right back to to batman year three and lonely place of dying especially for the images so i didn't really quite know what to expect for the story but i had a really good positive feeling going into it and the cover i I have both covers here so the one uh the variant cover is looks like it came right out of the the original superman movie uh which i love that beginning scene on krypton and then the the other one is like it's like the lonely place of dying but yet there's just those changes that make it a a 2017 book with clayface and batwoman and uh mr oz in it but um eddie barrows does a great job of paying homage to the art of the past but putting his own little spin on it so i i really enjoyed that yeah and uh, just for context of people listening to this, and again, for some of probably some new listeners that have stumbled on the podcast because of the radio drama, I wanted to say thank you for checking us out. Hopefully, you'll continue to stay with us here at the Drake. But uh, the original image that we're talking about here came from uh, Batman 441 uh, with Dick Grayson holding uh, the Robin costume. And I remember thinking back then of, oh, is Dick going to you know, agree to become Robin again? So... Knowing how that story panned out with Dick realizing he needed to move on and be his own person, we see Tim on the front of this cover going, and so my mind started going, oh no, is this Tim realizing he needs to move on? Or, you know, it it was, how far do they pass? Are they tying things together? And where is the story going in the future? So we can just open this up if you have your books at home. One of the first images that was released was, and I think this made all Tim Drake fans very happy with the very first page, that this is a direct homage, I wouldn't say rip off because you know, they have to clear everything from uh, George Perez, but in the lonely place of dying, Dick Grayson getting these pages and looking at Batman jumping off the water tower and the no-name villain that Batman was fighting, not the water tower, uh, the dam, if it were, as you were and seeing Dick Grayson look at these images and young Tim Drake being there. So coming from the New 52, that was all retcon. So that had me real excited to let the fans know that the original origin of Tim Drake is back, and he was at the circus, he saw the Graysons follow their death, and he got to become Robin. He didn't go jump straight to a red Robin. So that made me very happy. What did you, what did you think about the, the first page? I told Terrence when we started this, we're not going to go page by page on this. Yeah, I'm going to try not, not to, to. but, but, but at, at least this little bit here, history wise, I thought would be really cool to kind of get uh, your reaction to that. 
Um, all right, I'll start with the negative. I was a little disappointed on this page that we don't see Tim Drake's bicycle at all in this <laughs> page. I wonder. And I, I know that's nitpicking, but that was one of the things I loved about Lonely Place of Dying when I read it as a kid, that it's like, this kid's on his bicycle. That's my mode of transportation bicycle. Like it was just, it was just such a cool idea to think you could bike to the circus and find Tim Drake. Uh, but I, I imagine the bicycles behind that trailer there or, right. or one of the circus tents somewhere. Um, I was blown away by this page just because it's right out of year three and right out of Lonely Place of Dying. And I I was like, I was just really psyched by it. Yeah, I I, I couldn't have asked for more and how they incorporated the flashbacks um, in this to kind of cement the story. And I did a little trickery that you just heard in the podcast uh, to kind of make the the flashbacks work a little bit more fluid. But then it kind of jumps into the present where we finally have seen that Tim Drake is in the Superman rings, which I thought was a a really cool touch because hint, hint, wink, wink, Superman's kind of tied into this where Tiny does a really good job of recounting the Tim Drake origin through this prison Tim Drake is in with Mr. Oz, just kind of asking all these questions back and forth and finding out why Tim wanted to become Robin. It, it wasn't out of you know, a selfish reason, which was another thing that was missing in the New 52. It was a very selfless thing that Tim Drake was doing. It was something that he, he knew that needed to be done. He originally wanted it to be Dick, and when Dick couldn't do it, he thought, well, the next available person is me. If Dick's not going to be that spark that lights Batman's Robin fire, if you will, to get him out of this depression, it's going to be him. So he takes it upon himself. And this is where my nitpick is. This is where the geek in me is, that the costume that Tim is wearing, the Robin costume, is his rebirth costume. So I think it's just missing the double R. So I go, okay, shouldn't it technically be Jason's Robin Rebirth costume that he's wearing or Dick Grayson's Robin Rebirth costume because he doesn't get this costume till after he goes through his training. So that's probably a long, a long thing to like, oh, the bike's missing. And now Rob's pointing out like, hey, he's already in his Rebirth Robin costume. That shouldn't be. So um, what did you think just about how Tiny and Tied in Tim Drake's history into uh, what Mr. Oz was saying? Yeah, it was a great way to tell this, to retell, I guess, the Tim Drake origin, because it's just Tim Drake in his own words. It's like he's on trial here. And so you really get the Tim Drake point of view. And I mean, if you just step back from these pages, there's a lot of dialogue on these pages. There's a lot of words, but yet it doesn't feel wordy and it doesn't feel weighted down. On the third page, where little Timmy Drake is holding that picture, right out of year three, mm-hmm. I nearly jumped out of my seat. That that some of these pictures, like on the first page and on this page, it almost looked like it was photoshopped right out of year three. I, obviously, it's not, but that's how cool it looks. I love the rings to Superman. I mean, this is just like an eighties, nineties kid geek fest going on right here. It's just, <laughs> it's just awesome. And then you still, I'm still kind of like, why, why is Mr. Oz doing this? Who's Mr. Oz? If you've been reading action comics along with this, which I have, they were doing a lot of the mystery of who was Mr. Oz as well. And that's where spoilers to the end of the book that's where that character at the end had gotten in the same place as tim drake through um a fight in action comics the the costume uh i didn't really worry about it too much i do see it's the single r but i feel like the robin costumes have been retconned so much yeah through yeah new 52 and rebirth that i just can't even keep track of it anymore so i don't even know if that was jason's or or dick's or whoever's so i didn't really think too much of it uh what did you think about the uh splash page and the homage uh to i'm gonna get my numbers wrong here forgive me tim drake fans i think it's 465 where tim officially gets his robin costume after fighting the scarecrow right before uh robin one miniseries where it says meet the new robin they do almost an exact uh, you know again homage to that with bruce and alfred looking at tim and the tim's got his fist pumped up and all that's missing is the word balloons you know meet the new robin uh, but the lines say here doesn't need a mask but it sure helps and that's the official start of the lonely place of living chapter what'd you think about this uh, page here i do have a couple things to to say about that yeah i love 
especially Bruce and Alfred in this page. I love the homage to it. I, I do feel like Tim's face is a little weird in it. Like, yeah, I, yeah that's I, I don't know why. Yeah. And I did find it a little odd that it's like, what are these costumes here? Because there, it looks like the Adam West bat mask. And then there's the obviously the classic 1940s Robin costume, which, as far as I know, in New 52 and Rebirth was never used. Right. But I mean, they could have some kind of retcon story of where that came from or, or something. I don't know. And then I was a little confused, too, because on um, Tim's chest, there's only one R. So then I was like, are we going to get an explanation of why he's Red Robin and not Robin? Because I, I still feel like the whole Red Robin thing has never really got a good explanation and, and reason. Or <laughs> there was one book I, I can't even remember which book but he said something like oh well after jason died i didn't want to be robin again so i was red robin and i'm just kind of like huh what why <laughs> Wait, where did that come from so right. we still didn't get that but you know it's only two pages in a book so for these two pages to see that i i really liked it and it it kind of signaled to me as a fan that hey remember all that new 52 crap that you hated with red robin forget about it we're going back to what you loved this is what rebirth's about this is what james tinian's about so all that stuff that's been bothering you the last six or seven years it's it's <laughs> super Bowl prime just punch the walls of the universe it's all gone it's all the shards and we're going back to what you know and love so any little nitpick thing about it i can overlook just because of hey we're going back to what i wanted <laughs> right so moving from all of our history lesson we get into the main body of the story in oh, this did you, you said you said you had something about it that oh you yeah you, you said the same thing was was the face and then the uh the single r on the chest i think people going well that's in the new 52 if you read the single issue of Court of the Owls, when all the Robins first come into the room, it says, you know, Dick Grayson, former Robin, now Nightwing. Tim Drake is listed as Robin. Once the book was reprinted and went into trade, it said Red Robin. You know, Tim never was Robin. So this was signaling that, yes, Tim was actually Robin at one point. He did not just start his career as Red Robin. He became, he was Robin originally like it was. So that that was my other point of like, yeah. Uh, all the things that you hated in the New 52 about Tim Drake. And Tim technically wasn't his real name. He had to change it because of witness protection. So I think all of that's gone. So that only makes me go, so does that mean Jack Drake's alive? Is Jack still dead? So then I thought, okay, one continuity problem at a time. We'll just yeah. focus on this story. But And, and uh, as I say, I know we're not going page by page, so I'm just going to throw this out. One thing that I didn't really kind of get from this story is – what Mr. Oz is actually doing. Like, what is this trial? Why is he doing this to Tim? He says to him, you know, I saw myself in you and I'm saving you. But then he just kind of disappears in it. He's just like a device to get all this information out. Uh, but we never really, he, we never, and we still haven't really got the whole reason why Tim was taken off the board and then put in here to begin with. So am I missing something or are you still like, a little confused as to what the the end game was in this. I'm I'm still a little confused as well and I actually I'm I'm wondering one thing. I was going to say this kind of towards the end, but since you brought it up, we'll we'll just get it right here. There's a line that Mr. Oz says in this issue that this prison is not what it appears to be. It's in your mind. You know, you no longer need this prison anymore. Basically like you're free to go. So, you know, we know Tinian's uh, run is going to end in like nine ninety nine eighty one or something like that in you know in May uh, when you're listening to this by the end of May Tinian will be done with it so I'm wondering if those reasons are done and my my fear is if you're reading DC Comics currently every member of the Bat Family has a wedding issue but Tim Drake. Tim Drake is the only character in the books that are moving forward that has not been solicited anywhere on any of these new teams. So that makes me go, is Tim still in there that this prison is in his mind and all these events are still taking place in Oz's prison and he never did get out of this at all? So 
I don't know if that's part of it or they're waiting until Detective Comics is officially ended. I think there were a lot of changes made early on. And the button story was supposed to show us the first indication of where Batman finds Tim Drake, and that's how he was supposed to know. And then they changed that. So I don't know if that change led into a lonely place. And then, yeah, I feel like I agree with you. I said all of that just to be real wordy to say I don't know entirely know for sure if they know what to do with Mr. Oz quite yet or if we're going to have to wait till the last issue of Tinian's run in Detective Comics to actually see how all this played into effect. So, no, you're not missing anything. I just don't think it's there yet because we're we're not there yet, if that makes sense. Yeah, because in one part, Jor-El reveals himself, and then he says, I was just as much a prisoner in this place as you were. But we never really get the story of how he was a prisoner there, who imprisoned them, how he took over and became Mr. Oz. Now, if you've been reading Action Comics, there was a storyline where Superman goes with Booster Gold to the destruction of Krypton to see if Jor-El is telling the truth. And now I know they can always change the truth. Truth in comics <laughs> is, you know, if, <laughs> always malleable. But um, in that book, you see Jor-El get pulled out of Krypton like milliseconds before it explodes. And Superman comes to the realization that this really is Jor-El. It's not an imposter. Now, I'm still under the assumption that a lot of the reasons why Tim Drake was taken a lot of what's going on with Mr. Oz and Jor-El is going to be played out in Jeff Johns's Doomsday Clock miniseries. Yeah. As now we're up to issue four and it hasn't. So maybe someone's listening to this in the year 2019 or 20 and <laughs> like, did these guys read Doomsday Clock number 11? I mean, it was all in there. So right. it could be. But the fact that Tinian's reading Detective Comics uh, le- le- did I say reading or, or yeah. le- uh, leaving? <laughs> yeah, he'll be he'll be just reading it. He won't be writing it anymore. Right. <laughs> uh, and Michael Bendis is taking over uh, the Superman universe. And I'm uh, really scared of what's going on with the Superman universe because they're like, I- I'm afraid Lois and John might be gone, uh, yeah, and we yeah. might get a, a new a whole new Superman kind of um, retcon going on that. There might have been stuff that people like Tinian and uh, Dan Jurgens were planning to flesh out and planning to make, and it'll never happen because they're moving on to other things, and a lot of this stuff will just be left hanging, which happens a lot to comic book fans. Is it's kind of one of the reasons why, like I've I've been in and out of comics my life because you get all this build up for stuff, and then creative teams change, and then everything changes, and you just lose kind of your, you know desire to want to read it and you take a break and then you don't read for a while and then something happens and you pick it back up and you get right back into it but I've, i'm feeling that a little bit right now and I, I don't like that feeling no yeah i agree i've i've enjoyed this has been my favorite book um out of rebirth by far i've been, i've liked batman like you and i've said before um it, it's good there i'm kind of in and out i don't want to get to the bat cat thing because that's not what this show is about but i really feel like that Detective is really looking at the broad spectrum of of the Batman universe and all the players uh, that are there. And I I feel like as much as we won a Tim Drake Robin series, even when Tim wasn't in the book, he still felt very much a part of the book. So I'll be sad when Tinian's run ends. I kind of hope that somebody can do something with Tinian or there's going to be a big reveal at the end of like, oh, this is where Tim's going to end up next. We didn't want to spoil the end of this run. Uh, since you brought up Jor-El, we had been speculating for a while of who Mr. Oz was, um, and I was keeping up pretty close with Action Comics, but I had let it slip a little bit, so I didn't get the reveal in Action Comics. I actually got the reveal in Detective. Were you surprised and shocked by it being because we we had all kinds of crazy guesses it was superboy prime and it was if you go back a few shows you can hear all the crazy theories that we had and it was a little more simplistic theory of it being jor-el who had had imprisoned tim drake so were you shocked by that or were you like oh that's cool that's different well you know we had talked about this uh on the podcast and i had guessed it was jor-el yeah for the two reasons of reading action comics he saves superman by transporting doomsday to wherever this prison is wherever they are to to save superman's life so i knew it was somebody who probably wanted to see superman 
be okay. And that that was a great storyline because you had a, a human Clark Kent going on there, and mm-hmm. you had Superman, and Jurgen's just that that was phenomenal. It's it just a phenomenal run on Action Comics. But I also in that solicitations they had called. Um, it said the reveal of uh, Mister Oz will rock the last son of Krypton to yeah. his core. So that made me think, like, you know, it's got to be something with Krypton. Who's the only male that will actually shock Superman as Jor-El or Zod? But they've already got Zod in Suicide Squad. Zod was already out there. So it wouldn't have been Zod. So I wasn't too surprised. My only thing was, is this really Jor-El or is this going to be a fake or is it going to be an alternate universe Jor-El kind of thing? Right. Uh, and as of right now, as of this recording, it is the real Jor-El. So, uh, but anything's anything's possible. But well, I guess we'll have to just see how uh, Doomsday Clock plays out. Right. Uh, and then the next big reveal happens in the next few pages here after Jor-El disappears, leaving Tim Drake all alone he has enough probably power in his suit and with the technology in this phantom zone if you will where tim is at to send one last distress call out and he does get a reply and in uh 940 we were seeing all the cells that were next to tim we're like oh who's there could it be superboy could it be bart and you know and i had said at one point well maybe it's batman beyond tim drake from future's end that could be in the cell with him And I was kind of sort of right that it's not only just Tim Drake that happens to be here, but it's, I believe, Tinian has said his favorite version of Tim Drake and the thing that he got started in with Tim Drake was Jeff Johns' 2000 series, Teen Titans Run, and it's the Batman version of Tim Drake. So I think that one I'd kind of noticed early on in some of the solicitation photos where one of them... Tim's getting choked by a hand that looks very much like Batman. The first uh, Batman and Robin, a red Robin, jumping out away from Doomsday. I noticed the belt on there. I'm like, on Batman, thinking, wow, that looks really close to the 2000s Jeff Johns Batman, and that's who it is. So what did you think about Tim Drake Batman, a little bit meaner and maybe murderous (laughs) Tim Drake being the actual uh, person that's that's in the cell next to him or adjacent to him because it even says at one point uh, when Batman says you know unlock cell uh, let's see where it is here corridor lock all unlock all the containment cells in corridor 6a and Tim's like oh that's where I was locked up so it's in the same part to see that it's not Bruce and it's a gun wielding Batman what'd you think about that yeah, I thought it was a great twist, a great reveal. Uh, having read James Tinian's Twitter and some of his interviews, he talked about how the Teen Titan run is what made him a Tim Drake fan and got him so into the character. So bringing this part of the te- uh, the Teen Titans back, uh, I thought was really cool. And I liked how um, Tim thought it was Bruce at first. It's like, yeah. Bruce, hey, you're here. And then when uh, there's a full page, splash page of Batman firing his like futuristic looking gun and Tim just shocked. And that's when he's like, you're not Bruce. And then he's like, yeah, I'm the Tim Drake of tomorrow, which oh, it was kind of weird because you would think he would be like, no, you're I'm the Tim Drake of today. You're the Tim Drake of yesterday. Oh, but right. I guess he's got a, a good sense of drama, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh Tim is like Batman. I'd never become. And then the last page, I'll, I'll wait for that. But uh, but yeah, great great reveal. Yeah, and I think that's uh, the on the Tim Drake of tomorrow is is on the nose because that is what the trade of the 2000s Teen Titan is called. And that particular issue where Tim or Tim and Tim meet each other, it's called Titans of Tomorrow. So I think that's for those people. Like, yes, this is the Tim Drake from the 2000s Titans of Tomorrow uh, storyline. So I think that was it. It would have been <laughs> what he probably should have said was. I'm I'm Tim Drake 20 years from now. You know, I'm you 15 years from now, whatever the, the case was. But I think that's one of those comic things like, hey, people, this is that thing that you read about 15 years ago. And yeah, then, it's kind of like this is a very nostalgic issue. It's right. like, don't nitpick. Don't do little things like I'm doing. <laughs> Just enjoy it. It's like, I don't know if you watch the show, but we're huge fans of the Goldbergs, which yes, is set in the it. 80s. Yep. Love that show. But you can't nitpick that because it, they mix and match things and they'll have. <laughs> Right. You know, 
uh, Batman 89 come out and then the next week, you know, Ghostbusters or something like they, they do things out of order and different dates and stuff. And it's like it's not a documentary. It's just fun. Right. Just go with it. You know, so just when you see these things, this is just there for fun and just go with it and have fun. And then, like Terrence alluded to, uh, the last thing we get here on our last page of this issue was Doomsday breaking through. Now, this wasn't spoiled for me. Uh, so when I I was flipping through this, you know, like I have always do when I pick up my comics, I saw the last page, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Holy crap, that's Doomsday. How the heck is Batman or Batman and Robin going to fight Doomsday? This isn't Superman. This isn't going to be a slugfest. This is going to be step, squished done story done so that was really interesting that batman's always prepared it's like is this batman always <laughs> you know that prepared to fight against doomsday so i was i felt like the two weeks was going to take a little while to figure out how in the heck um is this is this fight going to go on and at the time that the next issue came out my wife and i were in the dominican republic and i was like i'm not even going to be able to read this for a month so oh, God. <laughs> so i thought, thought that was but i was in the tropics so i got over that you know that pretty easy yeah so the the last page there what would you think about doomsday uh, coming in yeah, you know, throughout the whole issue, I had Doomsday in the back of my mind because having read Action Comics, I knew he was there somewhere. So I was like, "Where? where's Doomsday? And I figured Mr. Oz had him in containment. But when Mr. Oz leaves, I'm kind of like, where's Doomsday? And the cover of 966, which I had seen before reading this, has yeah. Doomsday on the cover with Batman and Robin. Uh, so Doomsday was always sort of like kind of in the back of my mind, like where where is he? He's kind of like the shark in Jaws. Right. Even when you don't see him, you're always thinking about him and hearing that theme music. And I love the way Doomsday look. It, it looks just the classic Doomsday, yeah. right, out of Death of Superman. He looks a lot bigger, but I did have that thought, like this guy killed Superman. How's uh, two Tim Drakes going to gonna take care of this? You know, we, we find out just in the next issue, but it's actually young Tim Drake is the one responsible for releasing Doomsday. Older Tim Drake does tell him that. I said only the containment cells in this area, but uh, we can discuss on that next. So final thoughts for this first issue of uh, Detective Comics uh, 965, Terrence. Whew, final thoughts. It's, it's It was just good to have our classic Tim Drake back again. And not just because I'm an old fuddy-duddy and I don't like things to change, <laughs> just because – his his origin was so classic and so good and lasted for so long and they changed it in rebirth and i'm sorry they changed it in new 52 just to change it right. it felt like and the the change was in inferior it was just an inferior story inferior storytelling scott lobdell that's all i gotta say right there <laughs> right. you know all right uh so you know, look at the creative team in the the 1980s for batman and detective with you know denny o'neill leading the way and all, and all those great artists and writers who came up with Tim Drake's origin and then what Scott Lodell could come up with. I, I, I think we know which one was better. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say, right? Right. Uh, so to, to have it go back to to have things reset was just wonderful. Yeah. I couldn't be happier. I agree totally. Uh, what else do you have for us, Terrence? Yeah, before we sign off, I just wanted to give a little plug out to uh, – I was lucky enough – to be a guest on Multiverse Musings podcast. Oh yeah, we we did um kind of a review of the new Suicide Squad uh, DC animated movie, Suicide Squad Hell to Pay, and that was a lot of fun. So I just wanted to say, if you're interested in that, go go check out their multi Multiverse Musings podcast. If you're interested in some Bat Cat relationship, go check out their podcast because they bring that up a lot. And uh, it was kind of funny because I guess before me they reviewed the Lego Flash movie and hated it so there was still a lot of like bad taste about the the lego flash movie which i had not seen yet but the suicide squad movie i know you haven't seen it yet because you're waiting for the the blu-ray to come right. out but uh i have not been a huge fan of the dc uh, animated movies in fact i put on throne of atlantis for the first time last night and oh, yeah. got about four I got about 45 minutes into it and then had to shut it off because I was so bored with it. I just didn't – I didn't like it. I have not really liked these movies. Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, I, I loved it. I thought oh, it was nice. fantastic. It it shot up it, – it is to me my number one DC animated movie. It is wow. I, the number one, the best one that I've seen and probably my top three were uh, uh, New Frontier – Superman, uh, All-Star Superman and um, Flashpoint Paradox. I, 
and I think it's better than all three of those. Oh, it, wow. it was it was that good. And there's there's no Justice League in it. See, no Batman, no Superman, no Wonder Woman, no Green Lantern, no Flash. It really no Cyborg. It really kind of is a who's who of C list and B list DC comic characters, but it's it's awesome. It's 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 just really good. I won't say anything because I I'm, I want you to. Um, to watch it, but I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I've been picking up all of them as they have been coming out, and for the most part, I've I've enjoyed a, a good chunk of them. There have been some snoozers where I was like, nah, I don't know, but I've been hearing a lot of good things about this one, so um, I'm eagerly waiting uh, for this one, and I'm hoping that Best Buy does a a nice little trade with it, like they have been in, in the past. So that'll be cool to to check out. So yes, go check out Multiverse uh, Musings and uh, check out that podcast that uh, Terrence was on. Do you know uh, the episode number offhand? I don't, and I don't believe it's out yet. So okay, I'm not gotcha. Sure, but, That's right, because yeah. you guys had just recently done that. Yeah, so, we did it last weekend. Yep. yep. So by the time you guys hear this, it'll already be out, so <laughs> go check it out. So that's where we're going to end it for this one. Uh, normally, I would say we'll see you in a couple weeks, but as you guys know, this is going to be a, a month-long event, so we'll see you guys next Wednesday for the next installment of A Lonely Place of Living. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, so no infringement is intended by this show. The show is not a good revenue stream. Actually, there's not a stream at all. All music and sound clips are under copyright by their respective copyright holders. So there should be no need to send the Penguin's lawyers after us for ill-gotten gains because there are none. You can get a hold of the show a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can also email in at Robin ELTD Podcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves Drake. And as always, you can message directly over at the BatmanUniverse.net. So email, tweet, or message us. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll read your comments or responses on the show. The show you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes and Windows Media. Also, over at our host, TVU. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It'll help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care.